You are listening to Astrology Today, coming to you live from beautiful Sunshine Coast and Powell River, which is situated on the traditional lands of the Klahoman Nation. I will be your host, Maureen Reed, and I am an astrologer. Welcome. The Kitchen series continues. With attention to detail slipping a wee bit, Arg, I do apologize for the delay in posting last week's show. Um, I will promise to not let that happen again. Anyway, um, this week's show actually for me was a bit of a mystery up until last night and my response to a group astrology study session that I participate in um, that has become the fuel for this show. We were reviewing planets and our own experience of them. And, uh, in particular, um, last night, uh, we got focused on the planet Mercury. And in the aftermath of the session, I realized I was a bit overwhelmed by some literal examples. Okay, people actually embodying the planet Mercury in certain signs and how I was reacting to it, which got me to thinking. A scary thing. No, just teasing. Um, so what I realized is I want to outline how certain people slash charts will have a personality that is weighted heavily in a particular element which might be earth, air, water, or fire, or a mode, which would be cardinal, fixed, or mutable, or a gender, male and female balance, or yin-yang, which would probably be actually more appropriate to use, because I'm not using this in a sexually oriented way. And we can all have reactions to certain types, and the simple sun sign do not that doesn't make the cut in terms of explaining it. Um, it's obviously too simplistic. And yet sometimes people do fit that bill. So what gives? Okay, so what I thought I would do is I would look at um, this emphasis and how that um, shows up in um, real life experience of people. Now, most of the charts that I do post, well, all of the charts I do post up online um, are formatted to give you these balances. So you'll notice there will be graphs towards the bottom of the page that show if there's uh, an emphasis in a particular element like fire, earth, air, and water, um, if there's an emphasis on cardinal, fixed, or mutable, um, and also hemispheric balance, if all the planets are on one side of the chart or all the planets are on the other or the top or the bottom, etc. And so um, I went looking for um, particular emphasis and obviously, you know, put up a whack more charts <laughs> um, to sort of demonstrate um, what people have done. But the way this particular download of information is going to work best is with obviously with people that you know. Um, and most people don't have the kinds of extremes that I'm going to be pointing out today. But you'll be able to look at those little graphs and go, but yeah, that person I know, they have a 
they're more in this particular vein and I am going to like that or I'm not going to like that. Um, and it's not, um, it's not, you know, to put a judgment on any imbalance. It's just to recognize how well you work with that so that one can be prepared. Okay, so here's, I'm just going to rattle off the list um, and you can see how there is a beautiful mix within the whole 12 signs. So we have Aries, which is ruled by Mars. It's a cardinal. It's fire, and obviously it's yin slash male. Taurus is Venus. It's fixed. It's an earth sign, female slash yang. Okay, then we move down to Gemini, which is Mercury, mutable, air, male, and yin. Cancer, which is cardinal, the moon. Uh, female and yang, and I forgot to mention Mercury that went with Gemini. Uh, Leo, the sun, of course, fixed, fire, again, a male. So you can see how it just alternates, you know, yin, yang, yin, yang. Virgo, Mercury, mutable, earth, female, yang. Uh, Libra, Venus, cardinal, air, male, yin. Scorpio, Mars, fixed, water, female, yang, Sagittarius, Jupiter, mutable, fire, male, yin, Capricorn, Saturn, cardinal, earth, female, yin, Aquarius, Saturn, fixed, male, yin. Did I say I did? My mistake. That's a yang on that female on cardinal. Oh, dear. Pisces, Jupiter, mutable, water, female, yang. And so what I did is I produced some graphs um, where I lumped them all together. And the, you know, so I put all the cardinal signs in one little grouping and all the um, earth signs in one grouping. And because my focus has shifted to this Hellenistic model, which places a great deal more emphasis on the planet, I realized that certain combinations emphasized a certain set of planets and it was like bingo the light went on I understood why in the session on Wednesday why I started to react to certain mercury signs um, and certain uh, modes of expression which would be the cardinal fixed and mutable and it kind of was like huh you know, I've, I've noticed those things, but in terms of interpretation, um, that kind of balance imbalance um, had limited um, emphasis in the way that I would delineate a chart. But I'm beginning to think that that was, you know, kind of a, a mistake on my part or, you know, it needs to have more focus, I think, is what I'm telling myself. And so I, you know, I, I'm going to present this material with you to consider um, because it does make a difference on how we interact with people and who we work with well and who we don't. Okay, so I am going to um, 
start off with um, the weighting and I'm going to start by element. And the element I'm going to start with, just because I'm following in zodiacal order, I'm going to start with Aries and fire. Okay, so in the fire element, obviously, we have Aries, Leo, and Sag. Um, and uh, any element will form a natural grand trine within a chart. Um, they will also give you one example of each of the modalities, which is Aries is the cardinal, Leo is the fixed, Sagittarius is the mutable, and the planets that are therefore emphasized are Mars, Sun, and Jupiter. And right away, if you've got an exceptionally large preponderance, is one way it's put, um, with just fire signs, then those planets obviously become way more emphasized. And you'll notice there are a few missing. Okay, I'm starting with that obvious order for simplicity's sake. Obviously, if fire is dominant, you can be seen as hot, assertive, direct, big, literally burn your way through life. Mars would be your biggest misguided planet, especially in a day chart. Um, who can cope with the with you are air types because they are also yin um, day charts more so than night charts um, so people born at night are going to have the moon more emphasized um, and um, yeah it's it's less in your face kind of people um, but again it depends on their balance Okay, so obviously the Sun, Mars, and Jupiter are holding court, and that picture is likely to play out. What are you missing? Communication that is neutral, discipline, the Saturn's not in that mix, grounding. Um, the Sun and Leo can be, or that Leo connection can be grounding, but it's pretty full of itself. And so, yeah, may not be all that practical. Empathy, obviously, calm or reflection, and receptivity. Okay, there's no yang involved there. Now, the person that I picked uh, for an example for this is Anne Conway. Um, her early, so this is a philosopher from back in, and let me just get her chart. I'll read some of her data. Okay, so she was born December 14th. 1631 and Anne Conway was a philosopher in a time when women weren't really considered to have a mind. Um, she was in the United Kingdom. Her chart has uh, Sun, Venus, Mercury in Sag. She has Moon conjunct uh, Mars in Leo and she has Jupiter in Aries. Um, and so, you know, like this is a heavy emphasis on fire signs. Um, her half-brother uh, encouraged her interest in philosophy and theology, and she ended up a lifelong um, correspondence and close relationship to Henry Moore, who um, the two of them discussed Descartes' philosophy, over the course of which Anne grew from Moore's informal pupil to his intellectual equal. Um, 
And he said of her, scarce ever met with any person, man or woman, of better natural parts than Lady Conway. Um, and that in the knowledge of things as well as natural and divine, you have not only outgone all of your own sex, but even that of others also. And so her, her fire, her enthusiasm um, for, um, you know, the topics of philosophy and spirit and et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, this is what can happen. Now, the next example that has that we have is Al Gore, which actually was a bit of a surprise to me. Um, I just kind of assumed that um, he would have an emphasis in Earth, but as a matter of fact, he doesn't. So Al Gore, uh, March 31st, 1948, he has Sun and Aries, he has Mars, Saturn, and Pluto, and the Ascendant in Leo, and he has Jupiter in Sag. So again, you know, the fire signs are uh, representative of um, their ruling planets, and they're all in fire signs. And so we get this uh, passionate, fiery nature. Um, and so a politician, an environmentalist who served as the 45th vice president of the United States, um, the pair were elected, re-elected, so he served two terms in that position in 1996 and in uh, 1992. Um, he tried his luck at it, uh, but got embroiled in a nasty uh, recount thing, which he lost. Um, but he was also awarded the Nobel Peace Prize in 2007 for his uh, climate action and obviously uh, you know, his um, movie slash book on um, um, <laughs> my brain just farted. I hate that. He wrote the book, uh, The Inconvenient Truth on Climate Change, um, in particular in terms of our use of fossil fuels. And of course, um, it was for that that he uh, won the Nobel Peace Prize. Okay, so um, would have been an interesting fellow to meet um, just to get that sense of all that fire um, that was driving him. Our next um, element, because um, I'm just going in order, is Earth. And so we have Taurus, which is the fixed Earth sign. And obviously these are all female slash yang. Um, Virgo, which is earth and mutable, and Capricorn, which is earth and cardinal. So the planets now, quite a different lineup. Uh, none of the lights, neither the sun nor the moon, obviously, Venus, Mercury, and Saturn. These folks are practical, get it done, leading by practical example, uh, and can work well with others. They will not light the house on fire, nor will they get lost in unseen currents of others making. Talk must make sense and be delivered correctly. Okay, the planets Venus, Mercury, and Saturn give this combo the range to be happy in either day or night sect charts. What I find interesting, of course, with the absence of the sun and the moon, 
um, so might only operate in specific scenarios used in specific vocations or interests because obviously the sun and the moon um, unless they too are in earth signs um, will um, shift that emphasis so that it may not be um, right out front in the personality so the charts that i picked for the earth one the first one was yannick noah who was a frenchman um and he was a former professional tennis player and also currently still a singer from france he won the french open in 1983 uh, which was a signature event for france um, he's currently the captain of the france davis cup and the fed cup team during his career which spanned almost two decades noah captured a total of 23 signal single titles 16 doubles um, became uh, third in the world ranking in 86 and attained number one in the doubles ranking. Um, since then, um, in his retirement from the, uh, the game, he has uh, still very popular in the public eye as a music performer. He also is co-founder with his mother of a charity organization for underprivileged children. Okay, so born May 18th, uh, 1960. So he does have one of the lights in an earth sign. So he's got Mercury, Sun, and Venus uh, in earth. He's got a Virgo rising and he has Saturn and Capricorn along with Jupiter. Um, and so obviously, uh, you know, very practical um, and used all that earth to attain proficiency in a particular vocation um, and obviously also used it um, to you know found a practical charity organization and so a really solid individual i would say <laughs> um, yeah so my next example is um, faye dunaway Okay, actress. Uh, she was born January the 14th, 1941, um, has Virgo rising, um, got uh, Venus, Sun, and Mercury in Capricorn, Saturn, and Jupiter in Taurus. So again, that grand trine in Earth signs with uh, the rulers of the Earth trio um, also prominent. Okay, so uh, apparently, she did have quite a reputation, but um, there have been biographies and other, you know, sort of movie histories that have written that um, claim that it was totally untrue, um, called her selfless and devoted and a wonderful actress, uh, supremely endowed, hungry, curious, bright young talent, um, and, uh, you know, she was intelligent and strong-willed um, because she was a perfectionist who was never satisfied. Uh, the artist is rarely, if ever, satisfied. Uh, the artist is frequently grateful and intermittently amazed, but he or she is never satisfied. Okay, so Johnny Depp, who co-starred with her in a couple of movies, called her a misunderstood artist. She's just uncompromising as an actress, and I think that's a positive thing. 
Okay, her own words, uh, God is in the details. I want to get it right. The fact is a man can be difficult and people applaud him for trying to do a superior job. People say, well, gosh, he's got a lot of guts. He's a real man. And a woman can try to get it right and she's a pain in the ass. It's my nature to do really good jobs and I've never been successful. I would have never been successful if I hadn't. Um, and spoken like a true heavy emphasis in earth signs. Yes. <laughs> okay. Now, air prominence. Here again, we drop away from influences from the sun and the moon. Okay. So we have Gemini, which is the mutable form of an air sign. We're back to uh, yin signs. Libra, which is the cardinal. Um, so we've got Mercury and Venus and Aquarius, which is fixed and um, yin as well, and Saturn. Like the earth signs above, there is an element of production here, just not in touchable reality, but in the realm of the mind. Symbol making, language, the math of esoteric knowledge. Some would argue what sets humans apart from other sentient beings. Social configurations, data mind, science mind, music of the spheres, the beauty of the internet. Feelings, actions, practical application, Maybe not, but these other elements rely on this group now more than ever. Okay, so we're emphasizing Saturn, Venus, and Mercury. Now, the first gentleman is also from France, Alphonse Aleus. And he has, he was born in 1854. Okay, he was a new moon in Libra with Venus there. He has Aquarius rising. Um, his Mercury, though, was in Scorpio. So he has Saturn in Gemini. So a little off the mark, but again, some of these combinations were hard to find. Okay, so what's his claim to fame? He is the author of many collections of whimsical writings. A poet as much as a humorist, he cultivated verse form known as hollow rhyme, which is made up entirely of homophonious verses. In other words, where the entire lines are pronounced the same, um, but the meaning changes, obviously. His funeral march for a great deaf man um, in 1897 consisted of 24 blank measures. It predates similar silent but intellectually serious works by other fellows, John Gage and Aaron Schulhoff. Um, Elias participated in humorous exhibitions, including those of uh, the Salon d'Arts in Cohartes. <laughs> I'm not good at pronouncing French, I apologize, in 1883 and 84. Um, and so the painting that he put in, um, which was just basically a blank sheet of paper, um, yeah, <laughs> so all of the mine, obviously, right? And in his particular case, he played and had a lot of fun at it. Um, let's see, what else did we do here? 
Yeah. So, uh, you know, got into the whole um, monochromatic painting as well as his writing. But the air sign that, uh, air emphasis that probably is more well known, and especially in singers, um, this would be a guy that uh, broke ground in many ways in terms of his singing, and um, I think has yet to be outdone in terms of his musicality, his ability to voice an arrangement in ways that had just never been done before. And who am I speaking of here? I am speaking of Bing Crosby. Okay, he was born uh, May the 3rd, 1903. Uh, he has uh, Venus, Pluto, and Mercury in Gemini. He has Libra rising, and he has Saturn in Aquarius. Uh, his moon is in Leo, and his sun is in Taurus. And like I say, um, he was the first singer to exploit the intimacy of the microphone rather than use the deep, loud vaudeville style associated with folks like Al Jolson. He was, by his own definition, a phraser, a singer who placed equal emphasis on both the lyric and the music. Um, Crosby uh, was hired because his phrases echoed jazz um, and helped bring the genre to a wider audience. In the framework of novelty singing style, he bent notes, added off-tune phrasing, an approach that was rooted in jazz. He had already been introduced to Louis Armstrong and Bessie Smith before his first appearance on record. Crosby and Armstrong remained warm acquaintances for decades, occasionally singing in later years. Um, and like I say, he he was a master in terms of, um, I don't know, the easiest way I can put it is music of the spheres. He got the air realm down. And again, uh, the sun and the moon weren't there. And so you know, when they're not involved, then it becomes used in a vocation. Okay, now the next one is water, and we have obviously Cancer, water, cardinal, uh, yang, we're back to the feminine signs, moon, Scorpio is the fixed version, and it's Mars, and Pisces is the mutable version, and it's Jupiter. I will be surprised if I find celebrities with this emphasis, bleh, <laughs> the ultimate in receptivity, maybe. This trio you would want prominent in a counselor, a nurse, your mom, your clergy person, your best friend. Okay, well, maybe not. That might be a bit much. Those who need to escape from the noise of feelings, theirs and others, fall into this group and make up a huge portion of the escaping into numb addiction. And that's just not, you know, drugs and alcohol. That can also be um, what they do for a living. Um, yeah, there's many ways that a overemphasis in water, um, unless it's managed in a healthy way, you know, we'll look for ways to escape. Not to dismiss that other overemphasis have their own style of escaping. Um, you know, fire burns out, um, earth can just grind to a halt and uh, get caught up. 
they all can. But in our society, we particularly notice when water gets out of whack. Okay, so who did I find with a water emphasis? Um, and I was surprised because the chart that I pulled up um, is a fellow astrologer. She has since passed. Uh, one of the more notable ones in our profession, Isabel Hickey. And what was absolutely amazing is every planet in her chart, like of the seven traditionals, are um, all in their correct signs, which is just kind of mind-boggling. So uh, she was born August 19th, 1903, um, and this is a start, a chart worth studying. Okay, so she has Sun and Leo. She has the Moon and Cancer, of course. She has Mercury and Virgo. She has Venus and Libra. Why not? Mars and Scorpio and Scorpio rising. She has Saturn and Aquarius, and she has Jupiter and Pisces. I mean, come on. <laughs> How did you manage that? <laughs> but she did. Okay, she was considered um, a humanistic astrologer with a psychological approach, I guess so. Uh, moon Cancer, Mars Scorpio, Jupiter in Pisces. There's your, your water emphasis. Um, and I suspect she was probably very good at what she did. Okay, now the next fellow... Okay, so she was born August 19th, was also born on August 19th. Different area, different time. Uh, this is James Cozen, or Cousins, C-O-Z-Z-E-N-S. Um, so the same chart, Sun and Leo, Mercury and Virgo, Mars and Scorpio, Saturn and Aquarius, Jupiter and Pisces, and the Moon and Cancer. So again, that grand trine in water. Um, okay, so lived from 1903 to 1978, was a Pulitzer Prize winning American novelist, is often grouped today with his contemporaries, John O'Hare and John P. Marquand. But his work is generally considered more challenging. Despite initial critical acclaim, his popularity came gradually. Cousins was a critic of modernism, and he was quoted in future article, featured article in Time as saying, I can't read 10 pages of Steinbeck without throwing up. <laughs> Obviously a fairly opinionated fellow with Harry's Rising. But in terms of understanding the human condition, I might actually have to read one of his books. Um, he would have been able to peg it with that grand trine in water. Okay. Now, the next division I want to comment on is the one that got me going in my group yesterday. And that's modes of operation. So the cardinal, the fixed, and the mutable. And um, <clears throat> I will be starting with Cardinal, but just as a uh, full disclosure here, I'm, I'm a pretty strong mix of Cardinal and Fixed and have just a dab of Mutable, <laughs> which is why I got in trouble yesterday. Okay, so 
starting with cardinals. So we have, of course, each of the four elements will be represented. So the fire one is Aries, the water is Cancer, the air is Libra, and the earth is Capricorn. Um, so we also get a nice mix of male and female, yin and yang. Um, and in the cardinal modality, we get the planets Mars, Moon, Venus, and Saturn. Okay, so with this group, it's my catchphrase is let's get this party started. The initiators of the zodiac because they feel like it. A moon with her cohorts, Mars and Venus, and only Saturn to make it difficult or to keep them on task. Okay, so the person I picked for this one was Marion Greenwood. Uh, she was a social realist artist who became popular in the 1920s. And that would have been no small feat back in the 20s. Um, men were still pretty much dominant in the art world. And so for her to make her mark, having all that cardinal would have helped. Okay, so born April 6th, she has Mercury, Venus, Saturn, the Sun, all in Aries. Her midheaven is Cancer. Um, her ascendant is Libra with the moon there, and Mars is in Capricorn in the fourth. So, yeah, she only has one mutable, no fixed, yeah, no fixed signs at all. <laughs> so being able to initiate in that kind of environment that she was operating in, Okay, she became renowned in both the United States and Mexico. She is most well known for her powerful murals, but she also practiced easel painting, printmaking, and frescoes. She did a lot of traveling, Mexico, Hong Kong, Burma, India, depicting peoples of different cultures and ethnicities, bleh, and paying attention, special attention to oppressed peoples in underdeveloped locations, which has at times resulted in critical reception in the modern era due to issues of ethnic and racial stereotypes. So she painted what she saw, is what I gather. Okay, now the fifth. Okay, so with fixed signs, again, we have each of the four elements represented. And so with this group, we get Taurus, which is the earth one. And again, this has a balance of male and female as well. Okay, we have Leo is the fire representative. So of course, we've got so far Venus and the sun. We have Scorpio, which is water. We go back to Mars, and we have Aquarius, which is the air one, and Saturn. Okay, production, follow through, solid as a, and I just put an underline and quotations, you know, because you could say, um, you know, like a solid fire that burns and doesn't hesitate. You could say, you know, solid as a rock for Taurus. You could say, um, will not give up the the uh, descent into power with Scorpio and with Aquarius um, is fixed on the future, on moving forward, okay? 
Uh, so they are unbending in commitment. They're stubborn, pragmatic, moving forward, steady as she goes. Here we have the Sun and Saturn day focus with the other half night planets, Venus and Mars. So which is more powerful? cardinal or fixed? That would be a question to try to find an answer to, and I'm not entirely sure which. I have, I'm not quite half and half, but yeah. It is, especially if you do have a good mix of those two, it's a, it's a good combination. Okay, so the first person in this group, I will start with Claude Weiss. Weiss, W-E-I-S-S, uh, born May the 6th, 1941 in Basel, Switzerland. He is um, a Swiss editor, engineer, astrologer, author, psychologist, president of Astrodata, Europe's largest astrological service. Okay, now looking at his chart is a bit mind-boggling when it comes to fixed signs. Okay, so he has, are you ready, Uranus, Jupiter, Venus, Saturn, Mercury, the Sun, the MC, in Taurus, in the 10th. <laughs> this is a rock, <laughs> a really good anchor for the astrological world in Europe. He has Leo rising, another fixed sign with Pluto there. And he has Mars in Aquarius in the seventh. His one lone um, mutable sign is the moon in Virgo. And he has nothing in Cardinal except for his nodes. But wow, yeah. Okay, a very steadfast, reliable, concrete... Um, as an astrologer, I suspect he'd be amazing. Okay, so the next group is the one that I ran afoul of. This is mutable. Okay, so again, all the four elements are included. Um, we ha again have a nice mix of male and female. But in terms of planets, not so much of a mix. So Gemini, Air, Male, Mercury, Virgo, Earth, female, Mercury, Sagittarius, fire, male, Jupiter, Pisces, water, female, Jupiter, hang on, what's going on here? <laughs> so what I realized in my reaction to one gentleman's discussion of his uh, Mercury is his whole chart has this mutable prominent, which elevates Mercury and Jupiter. Now, for those of us who do not have a lot of strong mutable, you can't get your hands around these folks. <laughs> okay, so my tagline here is just try to pin me down. Escape artists on so many levels, yet able to weave their way through any world. They stitch the other modes together, but are equally frustrating to both, I suspect. And again, I would love to hear some feedback 
about folks that you know that have a huge emphasis in mutable because I'd never really thought about that rulership where you are elevating both mindsets, which is the data collector and the uh, one that makes sense of the big picture. Okay. Um, so the person that I picked for this one, uh, unfortunately, he has already passed. This is Philip Ramney, uh, R-A-H-M-Y. Uh, he's from Geneva, Switzerland. Um, okay, I'll just give you a little bit of the data and then you can, uh, in, or his biography, so that when I give the rest of his chart details, you kind of get a sense of it. He was a Swiss poet and writer. He studied history of arts and Egyptology in the Louvre in Paris, graduated from the University of Lausanne in literature and philosophy. He was the founding member of a prominent French uh, literary site, uh, remue.net, focused on promoting contemporary literature over the internet and through live events. He is a published author in France, U.S., Italy, Switzerland, and China. He is also an active photographer as a director of award-winning independent short films. Um, and maybe he is still alive. He suffers from O-S-E-O-G-N-E-N-E-S-I-S osteogenesis imperfecta brittle bones and he is an active member of several handicap related association and he also writes songs for the rock band i need my gasoline wow see what i mean you can't pin these folks down okay so what does his chart look like are you ready venus sun jupiter mercury north node mc all in gemini all in the tent. He has Moon, Uranus, Ascendant, Pluto, Mars in Virgo in the first. And on the seventh, he has Saturn in Pisces. His one lone holdout is Neptune was in Scorpio. <laughs> Otherwise, the entire thing is mutable. Okay. All right. How are we doing for time? Oh, yeah. Okay, so my next grouping um, was, unfortunately, the the you know the website that I use will give you a list of these types of groupings, and uh, you know so I highly recommend it. I will post the link to the site that I use to pull up charts given a specific criteria that I'm wanting to present on the show. Okay, so what I thought, okay, with the male-female yin-yang, I thought, well, I'll go for a yin-female woman and a yang-male guy, right? Okay, so um, on the yang side, we have Aries, Gemini, or yin side. Oh, gosh, <laughs> get it right. Okay, so... Yeah, so this is, have I got this backwards? Yin is male, yang is female. Yes, okay. So on the yin side, we have Aries, Gemini, Leo, Libra, Sag, and Aquarius. 
Okay. Uh, and so again, we have two cardinals, two mutables, two fixed. Okay. We have Mars, Mercury, Sun, Venus, Jupiter, and Saturn. So basically everybody, and it's with the Sun. And then of course, in the Yang or the feminine side, it's everybody except not the sun, but the moon, kind of obvious. So the person that I picked to demonstrate being a woman with a lot of yin is Janet Louise Yeln, Y-E-L-L-E-N. Uh, she was born in August of 1946. Um, she is an American economist at the Brookings Institution who served as the chair of the Federal Reserve from 2014 to 2018 and as vice chair from 2010 to 2014. Previously was president and chief executive officer of the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco chair of the White House Council of Economic Advisors under President Clinton, business professor at University of California, Berkeley, and the Haas School of Business. Yell was nominated by President Obama uh, to succeed Ben Bernanke as the chairwoman of the United States Federal Reserve, and that was in 2014. The U.S. confirmed Yellen's nomination in a landmark decision spurned by popular demand. Um, okay, Yellen is also noted for breaking gender barriers for women. Kind of obvious. Okay, so on the uh, Yang style, oh, I'm probably getting these totally backwards. Anyway, on the feminine side, female. Okay, <laughs> I chose Bono from YouTube. Okay, so he has, um, you know, of the feminine signs, which are Taurus, Cancer, Virgo, Scorpio, Capricorn, and Pisces. So again, the same roster of planets. The only difference is the light, which is not the sun. And in this case, it's the moon. So he has moon in Scorpio. He has Jupiter, Saturn in Capricorn. He has Mars in Pisces. He has Venus, Mercury, and the sun in Taurus. And he has uh, Pluto in Virgo. His one holdout is Uranus in Leo. But otherwise, a very um, feminine or whichever it is, yin-yang chart. <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> there are days when you just kind of wonder about yourself. Um, and so my suspicion is he probably gets along really well with women, just as I imagine the lady in the previous example, uh, Janet Yelm, probably gets along really well with men. Um, and we all know people that have that sort of um, tendency. And if you look in their charts, sure enough, you will see more of an emphasis on the feminine signs or more of an emphasis on the male signs. Okay, my little journey into preponderances. Okay, so I am going to switch now to 
Um, where's that moon? Now, we've got a week coming up that is quite entertaining. Um, and in particular, the Tuesday. Um, so if you're listening to this and it's Saturday, see if you can't clear your calendar for Tuesday and, you know, go down and sit at the beach while the world does its weird contortions on Tuesday. <laughs> if you don't have to be part of it, I wouldn't. If you have to be part of it, um, don't expect it to be, you know, smooth sailing on Tuesday because it's likely to be a bit weird. Um, I'm not thinking in a violent way or anything, just in not being able to track with the shift in energy that's going to take place that day. Okay, but today, Saturday, not such a bad day. Okay, so May the 9th. The moon is in Sagittarius today, which should see our moods shifting in light of the easing of restrictions and the go-ahead for all waiting on surgery. Yay, I suspect, for many. Mercury's trying to Pluto today has put the message out in what seems to be practical terms. I would ride that happy train all day if you can. Okay. Sunday, May the 10th, the moon shifts gears into Capricorn and the pundits have likely have knocked the wind out of our sails and the second great pause is on. Okay, what's happening? Saturn is stationing today at one degree, 57 minutes of Aquarius. So giving all fixed signs with that degree prominent a moment to reconsider or accept the reality that that Saturn is pointing at. Okay, um, stations are, you know, those moments um, and they usually have more than just a day experience. Um, there can be this reality piece that's been kind of in your face and getting more intense and more intense and then the station happens and then there's kind of a backing off where you're going okay wait a minute is this really what i want yes or no um, i see saturn as doing just that it's reality testing and in aquarius obviously it's testing the game plan you have for the future now, on this same day, this is Sunday, Mercury is also trining Jupiter, asking us to stay positive, even though um, some have been, um, what have I got here? Okay, Mercury is trining Jupiter, asking us to stay positive, even though some have put it that nothing really has changed. Right. I read an article today. This is Thursday that I'm taping this where it was pointed out and I'm just going to pass this on, but many may have read this op-ed piece that in terms of the threat out there, that hasn't changed. What we did in pausing and locking down was given our healthcare system a chance to get all its ducks in a row. Um, so that they weren't slam dunked by a massive influx of people with uh, COVID-19. 
Um, so that could still happen if we don't pay attention to how we move forward as the restrictions start to loosen up. Bonus point is the medical system is ready, um, but we could still overwhelm them. Yeah. So um, that's that Mercury trying Jupiter and asking us to stay positive. Okay. The sun's connection to Neptune suggests that a moment in dream time might just be in order. So if you can chill out on Sunday, bonus points. If you can meditate or send prayers to the world, again, bonus points. Neptune is in Pisces and that link is, that channel is wide open and will be for some time yet. Okay, Monday, May the 11th, Mercury bids adieu to Taurus. So that practical, you know, daily briefings is going to kind of change. And before it leaves Taurus, it pings off Mars. So there could be some interesting information that comes out on Monday morning. Um, and because it's a square to suggest that people are not happy with the way forward, they've had time to think about it all weekend, and they're going, wait a minute, wait a minute. Um, now we get a Gemini Mercury, um, and the net, the internet, lights up more, if that's even possible, but I suspect it is. Okay, meanwhile, the moon in Capricorn, okay, is trying to keep us not necessarily depressed, although a lot of people don't like um, Moon and Capricorn because it's just a little too stark of reality, um, tries its best to help out the system, which is whatever agencies are trying to help the rest of us negotiate these times. Um, there is a sextile to Neptune, so, you know, people may be going, wait a minute, and then there's a trying to the Taurus sun. So um, there's a lot of people with their fingers and toes crossed, I suspect. Okay, and then finally, a conjunction to Pluto at 11 p.m. The party line is still in place. Okay, so nobody's changing their tune yet, but tomorrow's Tuesday, and on Tuesday, all bets are off. <laughs> okay, so what's happening on Tuesday? The moon moves into the future through Aquarius, and we get weird mixed vibes and messages. The moon courts newly minted Mercury in Gemini as it makes contact to Saturn, who, as remember, has stopped in Aquarius. The lunch hour is the focus for this mashup, but wait, there is more. Mars goes, I'm out of here and leaves Aquarius and falls into Pisces and becomes missing in action? Or is it just going to go viral? Okay, Mars in Pisces, not exactly a considered a happy combo by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but obviously there are people that have Mars in Pisces and they're kind of thinking, well, I don't know, well, I can get on with it. <laughs> But for the rest of us, it's, yeah, my, my fear, I guess, is what I'm saying here. And this is just my take on it. I can be wrong. I can be so wrong. Is that um, our actions are going to 
um, precipitate a, um, yeah, a, a kind of a wake-up call to what this virus is, how it's operating and how it's acting. And um, it'll be a couple of weeks before we see the results of us kind of moving around more. Anyway, um, like I say, it kind of goes missing in action. To top it all off, Venus, who has been square dancing with Neptune for a while, grinds to a halt as well and turns retrograde this evening at 23.45 p.m. Like I was saying, I suggest Tuesday is a day off for everyone. Um, with that retrograde in with Venus, then the lines of connectivity are shifting. Um, they may sever because the connection wasn't that strong with that Gemini. Um, and Mercury may, you know, create arguments that weren't obvious in the beginning. Anyway, Tuesday, like I say, a bit of a gong show. Bonus points, Wednesday, the universe realized yesterday was over the top, so nada. Nothing is happening today on Wednesday. Yay. We still have a uh, moon in Aquarius, but she's not connecting by any of the classic Ptolemaic aspects. Okay. Thursday, May the 14th. The Aquarius moon hangs around till 6.24 p.m. where it gives way to Pisces. Jupiter has now stationed as well at 27 Capricorn and the free flowing taps of bailout help may just start drying up. The sun also checks in with Pluto to see who is still in power and making it in this new world. How really active will we all be? We might Get a check on that when the Pisces moon catches up to Mars at 11.05 p.m. tonight. Friday, May 15th, moon in Pisces is quiet all day. Are we all just chilling and drinking and relaxing? I vote we are. Saturday, May the 16th, coming up to my show next week. Moon is still in Pisces, has us checking relationship connections as she ties Venus retrograde to that Neptune still. Who will be your support and who are you going to be there for? Midday meditations is what I suggest. And there you have it, folks. Another episode in the can, episode 29. And please enjoy. And remember, you are listening to CJMP 90.1 FM, Powell Rivers Community Radio Station. Have a great week, and we will talk to you next Saturday. This is a rebroadcast of my radio show, Astrology Today, which aired on CJMP 90.1 FM, Powell Rivers Community Radio Station.